Stampede. Garner isn't number 28. Maybe I've got it all wrong. Maybe everything is all right. Sure, at the edges, there are always things that can be troubling. But by and large, maybe things are good. And I'm just griping about stuff that doesn't warrant any attention. Or for that matter, mentioning it to you, the public. Some might say... I should keep my mouth shut and tell everyone how lucky we are living in this country. I don't watch much television, but the other day, while skipping around looking for a news station to get some information about the upcoming impeachment proceedings in the Congress, I couldn't help noticing the amount of broadcasting devoted to football. Granted, this very physical game is popular in our culture. I mean, just for college football, the numbers broadcast on national television are staggering. There's the Sun Belt Conference, the Mid-America Conference, the Conference USA, the Mountain West Conference, the American Athletic Conference, the Pac-12, the Big 12, the ACC, the Big 10, and the SEC. Now, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but these conferences account for hundreds of colleges and universities spending big money to play football. And 
maybe that's justified because the stadiums these college athletes play in are packed with fans. The University of Michigan Ann Arbor has a seating capacity of over 114,000 people. And every time the Spartans suit up to play on a Saturday afternoon, the place is jammed. It's not just the players, it's the coaches, the cheerleaders, the marching bands, the mascots, medical teams, officials on and off the field, vendors selling everything from hot dogs to t-shirts. I mean, this is big stuff. And then you have to take into consideration broadcasts on television to hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of viewers, all supported by fast food companies advertising their products. I mean, I don't know what the numbers are, but they're big. I can't imagine how many hot dogs, hamburgers, pizzas, chicken wings, and cans of beer are consumed on any given Saturday during the first semester of college across the United States. And that's just Saturday. When the big boys come out to play on Sunday, Monday, and Thursday nights, that's when things get really serious. When the professionals trot out on the field, that's when the big money starts. Gambling. Gambling on collegiate football is nothing compared with the lords that toil on the professional gridiron. There's real money moving around when they slip on their jerseys. Sport in America has a long history, but the popularity and money connected to it today is unparalleled. And I'd be the last to criticize physical education for our youth. It plays an important part of a healthy society. Sport at the college level, especially football, has prompted questions about the financial side of the game. Literally, some people working in colleges are becoming millionaires from football. And this is happening when student-athletes aren't being compensated for what is a physical form of entertainment. Sure, universities and private institutions of higher learning like 
to imbue the student body with pride and self-worth when they win a conference championship. But putting aside the inducements by athletic departments and even administrators to give cash, automobiles, scholarships, housing, food, and business endorsements, you might say the reason for any young person to come for an education boils down to nothing more than money. Student-athletes are pushing to be paid up front a salary, money for playing football in college. you can hardly blame them. Everybody else is getting rich from their playing football. Let's face it, the whole basis of an education has been distilled down to making a profit. But then again, the facts are, everybody is getting what they want. And isn't that what democracy is all about? Let the people get what they want. And who am I to object? Maybe I've got it all wrong. Consumerism is good for us. It builds character, like football. From cradle to grave, you belong to the profit motive. You're measured by how much money you make. Okay, I admit, nothing is perfect. Maybe there are a few flaws connected to a consumerist society.
But so what? Winning is everything. What's the problem with sidestepping a few homeless people lying on the street? So what if consumerism is degrading the natural world? There's still a profit to be found, even if our mental stability is called into question. You just have to make adjustments. Money talks, even if you're up to your eyeballs in debt. Just throw your waste into the oceans. And why shouldn't you? You're the smart ones. We know how to keep everyone happy. Just watch football. Don't worry about the violence playing out every day in front of you. You don't need to live with peace anyway. So what if you're just a number to be used to further the consuming world? Yeah, that's right. I've got it all wrong. We're headed in the right direction. We just need to keep taking from our heritage the one thing we're connected to because the artificial world will be good for us. We don't have to worry about the thief in the night because we've got daylight robbery taking place all around us, taking all that's important to us. And we like it that way. Oh, don't worry about anything. You're living the good life. What could be better than football Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Thursday? Forget about Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's not important anyway. Not as important as football.
in the final analysis, maybe everything is all right. People are having a good time watching what they like. And who am I to say there may be an excessive amount of time devoted to an American pastime? After all, everything is good. Why shouldn't people be able to enjoy a few extra hours of entertainment? Consumerism puts a lot of pressure on people, and they deserve to sit back and relax. Besides, there's a long history of Americans participating in sports, and they should be afforded every opportunity to express their right to spend as much time as they like playing, watching, or even making money with football. And that's true. But at the heart of consumerism is the need to compete and competition and constant and intense competition can take its toll on people and even societies. In a consumerist society, one of the measurements in competition is money. To win, to be the champion, you must be compensated. And that's what consumerism says. If you perform well at your job, you're rewarded. And that includes if you perform well as a professional football athlete in a stadium with perhaps millions of people watching. Well then, you should be richly rewarded. However, there's a distinction to be made here. Getting paid for what you do is what consumerism demands. And for lots of people, it's the only reason they do what they do, because they get paid for it. You get money so you can pay for what you need. But if making a profit becomes the major reason for what you do, then the rewards eventually become nothing more than an abstraction. Your values prevent you from seeing the things that exist without profits. I don't look at a river because it can bring me money. I look at a river because it can be beautiful and have meaning to why I'm alive not because it's an endless money stream from an ATM. We belong to something more than money. And when we place that as the basis for why we do what we do, then we exploit, endanger, degrade important things that we're a part of. Consumerism can appear to be good for us, but it devalues important connections. And left to its own devices, it will lead to some very painful results. Somewhere, the marching bands will stop, and maybe there won't be any way for us to get back to what is meaningful, at least beyond making money the measurement we live by. The deceptions are many. Lots of people say everything is all right. Don't tinker with something if it ain't broke. Well, consumerism will never permit you to see when it is broken. 
it wants to perpetuate what it is doing, no matter the cost. And since it needs tools to keep the system running, when you're no longer to be used, keeping it going, you'll be thrown onto a junk heap, a mountain of the unwanted, to be crushed and served up as dog food labeled sugar-free. Somewhere, somehow, the plumbing won't be able to be repaired. The pipes should have been replaced long ago. Even the electrical circuitry won't flow at some point. And it's going to hurt demolishing the whole structure and crating it away to some landfill. But that's what's in our future. It's not that there are a few rotten apples in the barrel. It looks like the whole barrel is spoiled. And I don't mean just the apples. I mean the barrel itself. The wood slats that hold it together are rotting away, causing it to crack, preparing to burst wide open. But I could be wrong. Everything might be all right. It just might be some false positive to an autoimmune blood test. The test is wrong. Everything is still working right.
But for some reason, that stench I keep smelling in the air makes me think it's not an illusion, that really it isn't a bouquet of flowers. Actually, there's something about a marching band. While living in France during a Bastille Day celebration, I observed a collection of several military marching bands. It was a long parade with various countries playing rousing music. At the end was the Indian Brigade of Gurkha soldiers playing a somber song. I turned to see elderly French people in tears, tears of a past remembered. And now I understand what that meant, the games, the joy, the cheers may stop, the stadium's empty, only the memories remaining. No, consumerism isn't good for us. We need another way.
This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard Johnny Pearson's composition, Heavy Action, the music used to introduce Monday Night Football. Then you heard Victory March, the fight song for the University of Notre Dame, composed in 1905 by Reverend Michael J. Shea. You then heard Ohio State, I Want to Go Back, music attributed to ragtime musicians Cole and Johnson in 1906 by the Ohio State University Marching Band. Then Fanfare, O Wisconsin, by the Wisconsin Marching Band, followed by Birdcage Walk, a British march. Then The Square, a march performed by the U.S. Army Marching Band. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.